0: thank the Lord for the good choir songs I'm glad that when the Lord looks into my soul he's perfectly satisfied because he sees the shed blood of Jesus and then if I'm trying to live for the Lord then that pleases God too And we need we need first of all to get saved by God's grace and then we need to do our best we'll not be perfect in the flesh but we need to do our best to live for God's truth Well, I appreciate those songs. Let's all stand for just a moment. We're going to have prayer here in just a little bit. If you have an unspoken prayer request, you'd like to make it known, you raise your hand now. If you've got a prayer request on your heart that you want to say something about, please do that. Or if you've got a testimony, just follow the Lord, just follow your heart tonight. pray for this service, and uh, let's uh, pray for our preaching brother, Brother Rayuel that God might just use him here in a little while, help him preach the word, and uh, I share this with you, don't think I did before, I, when I met Brother Ray I asked him about uh, if he knew our brother Leonardo Moliari from the Philippines, and uh, they are acquainted, and uh, uh, he said that uh, uh, Brother Leonardo was his favorite Sunday school teacher when he was growing up, and so that was good, uh, that touched me, And uh, but let's remember service tonight, and let's each one a purpose in our heart to obey the Lord. Anyone else have a prayer request or testimony?
1: Terry, remember one of the deacons over there in Muncie, Don Crockett? Yeah. He's getting ready to have a scan on Wednesday. Okay. A pet scan. All right. Remember that
0: Of course you folks probably know We've talked about it some But uh, Brother Lee's been going over there uh, To Muncie, Indiana To Bethel Baptist Church And uh, preaching for them And helping them And Brother Don Crockett That he just requested prayer for Is one of their deacons And Brother Don's a great man And he and I talk on the phone From time to time And he's expressed how much He appreciates Brother Lee And his family coming over there So pray for Brother Don As he goes to have that PET scan done Certainly do that Anyone else? Okay, uh, we're going to ask Brother uh, Mike Kessler to lead us in prayer. You come to no. all or stay at the appreciate the prayer and the the testimonies and the prayer requests we certainly have a lot to pray for God's a big God He can handle everything we put before Him and so let's continue to pray for this service I wonder if at this time if someone have a song on your heart you'd feel like singing if you do just follow the Lord sing a song or songs as it might be I sure appreciate the singing we had this morning and bless my heart I appreciate the choir singing we've already had tonight. Good to be here. Anybody have a song? You all are welcome if you feel like singing. All right, let's, let's pray for them. Love that song about the lighthouse. I can say amen to it. It's true. Anybody else feel like singing? Yeah, let's pray for Steve. Pray for these folks who's come. up. Say this, I'm glad Steve's able to be here.
2: desire your prayers. We haven't tried this in a long time. We always sing this with Karen and Ann. And uh, I truly miss them. But uh, I know they're watching and praying. And we need to pray for them. Help you sing not much down here that seems very clear we're not promised our next breath day by day but there's something in my soul something beyond the grave and I'm insured beyond the grave I have preparations made to begin a new life after this Done in blood, a cavalry, and it was signed, sealed, and delivered by a king. Oh, this policy was born at an old rugged cross. It by Jesus free and clean. What a peace to know it's mine, to know it's good for all time. So I'm insured beyond the grave I had preparations made to begin a new life after this one ends and this royal policy was written in Cavalry. And it was signed, sealed and delivered by a king, and a signed, sealed and delivered by.
0: Signed, sealed, and delivered by a King, the King of Kings. Anyone else feel like singing? All right. Anybody else feel like singing? Once you really pray? Let's just give our utmost attention and pray very much for our preaching brother Ray UL. We'll just turn over to him. Want him to come fill his liberty.
3: Good evening, everyone. Wow, I have a lot of water. (laughs) I brought mine. Thank you though, thank you so much. You know, the Bible says that you give a cup of cold water to a servant you'll be blessed. I've got two here and everything. That's dangerous though, because I tend to preach long when you have waters like these. (laughs) But I would always remember what my dad continues to tell me, son, if you're preaching, especially in a new church, always remember the Beatitudes, Blessed are they who preach short, for they shall be invited again. <laughs> I'll try my best to be very short uh, tonight, because this is such an... We could say it's just an accident. We didn't plan to do this. Uh, Pastor Terry was so generous uh, to be replying to my text this afternoon. It, was, it is all God, as I, I have to say that, because we, we seldom, whenever we come to the United States, we... Um, seldom have openings, especially on Sundays, probably on Wednesdays, but on Sundays, very seldom. This morning at Athens Missionary Baptist Church with Pastor David McGregor, after church, uh, people were lined up and shaking hands and everything, and a lady came to me, and she said, I just spoke with your wife and encouraged you because, uh," she said, because I hear you're you're empty nesters now. I said, yes, ma'am. And then uh, she said, well, I just want to let you know that there is a great church in Lima, Ohio, Lima Missionary Baptist Church and I was listening to her and then she said you've got to go there sometime and this was this morning only and I said well if they have a Sunday night service we would tonight because uh, we don't have anything going on well she said well I think they do have a Sunday night service well while she was speaking about the great uh, great things that you are doing here at Lima with Pastor Terry and I was looking on the on my phone to see your website and for some reason I didn't find any number there I just wanted to show it to her and make sure that that's the, and I'm going to call the church, probably leave a message, whoever answered, this and that, and, and I said, uh, I can't find her, their number here, and then she said, well, I'll give you Pastor Terry's cell phone number. I said, well, that's the best, and so she gave me that, I texted Pastor Terry right there when she was seated, as a study beside me, and, uh, and her name is Paula Jordan. And I thought we're gonna we're, we're going to separate ways from there, but no. Her and husband cooked and served for the youth. So we were at Brother Ron Duncan's house because they invited us for lunch. Never knowing that they were there, all serving hamburgers and the hot dogs to everyone. I said, I know that lady. She changed her shirt, but I, I know. Oh, that's Miss Paula Jordan. I said, You are all over the place, <laughs> serving people, loving on people, that's good. and we praise God. There's that. That, that thing that is very similar to us, and i said, we may have different uh, skins, and I may have an accent of a Filipino, and we may have uh, different backgrounds and cultures, but we have the same God. Yeah. So this accident, not planned, uh, is an opportunity for us to share to you our hearts and our call to the Philippine Islands. Much more when Pastor Terry said, do you know Leonardo Maliari? I said, do I know him? I was six years old when he was my Sunday school teacher. I made him cry many, many times because I was a very noisy kid in Sunday school. I would run around. I wouldn't care for him teaching this and that and because I knew already the, the Bible and the Bible stories I, I knew. And uh, you know, I wouldn't care for that. And uh, he, he would always be very patient and loving on me for three years, six, seven, eight years old. I, he, he was my teacher in Sunday school until he was uh, assigned to a different church because he was my my dad's student back in the 80s in seminary where my, my father started Bible school. I never saw him anymore, but I reconnected I, through Facebook. And then when he learned that in 1992, I graduated from seminary to become a preacher, he cried again. Now, it's a good cry because he said, I cannot believe that you actually became a preacher. <laughs> So I would tell all the Sunday school teachers, if you're present here or watching online, do not, do not always be, be patient with your six years old, you know, because they may turn out to be preachers like me. I was a noisy boy, but I became a preacher, you know, and we, we praise God for very patient teachers who continuously, patiently loving on these kids. We praise God. And as Jesus Christ says, do not stop the little children to come to me. And that's interesting because these little children are ignorant. They don't know what ha- what's happening, but it's great for these very young ones to be exposed with the gospel. And I was exposed, but not until 12 years old that I came to know Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm representing the Tika family. We are generations of preachers missionaries, church planters, it all started with my grandfather, Eriberto and Claudia Tica. They both were training in military along with, alongside American soldiers back in the Second World War in our province of Panay, in the province of Rizal, in the boondocks, never knowing that that trainer, soldier that he was being trained with was also a Gideon's missionary. Well, this Gideon's missionary, during their break time, would read John chapter 3 to my grandfather. And immediately, my grandfather became receptive to the gospel. Even, before, even when he was Roman Catholic, he knew the word already, the gospel said everything. But then it's all about religiosity, and it's all about traditionalism. But when he learned about the love of God through Jesus Christ, that you can actually be born again, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He had the assurance of salvation and invited Jesus in his heart, shared the gospel to his wife, and they both stood with their families and said, we have been born again according to this book. That's when their parents got angry and kicked him out of the house. They lived a very poor life, but that soldier missionary comes to their home to continue discipling my grandfather. Until my grandfather was called to preach in the boondocks, and he even started this church in the late 40s, in that province of Tanai, in the Rizal province, and it's called the very first Baptist church there. They had a baby, two years old, when he was about two years old. he had a high fever, and no hospitals wanted to help them, no relatives, no family, no friends, because of this newfound faith. But they knelt by the bed of this boy with high fever, almost dying, and said, God, I promise that if you let this young boy live, He will become a preacher like me. And all the boys who will follow him become preachers. And he said, God, we don't have anything. We don't have anyone but you. And come to think of it, God is all we need. We don't need things around us. We love families who would care for us. But really, at the end of the day, God is all we need. And that's what they prayed for. That two-year-old was healed miraculously and became the very first preacher in this family, followed by another one, followed by my father, Pio, P-I-O, Tika, followed by two more, and three girls, one married a pastor, and all the eight had 15 boys, including myself and my brother, and we are all full-time in ministry, church planting, missionaries, preaching the word everywhere in the Philippine Islands. I've got two nephews who are pastoring with their dads right now, So four generations of pastors, preachers, missionaries, and church planners turned out to be just because of the prayer of my grandfather to his boy, but now trickled down to his great-grandchildren. My grandfather and my grandmother died when I was eight years old. They never saw the time that I actually preached and church planted, but I know that I know that I know that what they have invested years and years ago. It's up to this moment, earning a dividend to the kingdom of God every time a church is planted, every time someone comes to know the Lord as his Lord and Savior. We praise God for this generational blessing that he has given to us, and we praise God because we have been called, called to become full-time missionaries. We need church planters in the Philippines because, as you know already, the Philippines is an island archipelago. 7,107 islands scattered in the South Pacific But if you put the islands of the Philippines together, the size of the Philippines will be about like Arkansas. But Arkansas has barely 4 million people. We have 110 million of them there. So it's obvious in the Philippines, we don't do a lot of family planning. Family planting, probably, grow them by the dozen. It's always cheaper, they said. There's a lot of people. So we need a lot of church planters, and that's what we have been doing for all these years. In 2003, in fact, to be very exact, July 16, 2003, we came to the United States with my family. It was their first time to come, my wife, and we had two girls, two and three years old during that time. And we praised God for the church in, Indiana, in Richmond, Indiana, Hillcrest Baptist Church, who sponsored our family so that we can raise support for our pastors in the Philippines. For $150, you can, you can support a missionary church planner in the islands in the Philippines, and... We praise God for Hillcrest Baptist Church in Richmond, Indiana, who also connected us to Baptist Evangelistic Mission Association in Columbus, Ohio, to, to send the funds to the Philippine Islands. So we represent all these churches, about 189 churches that my father had started years and years ago, and now it was our turn to also plant our own churches, and we have planted eight churches. In 2008, we planted the very first church with my wife and myself and our two girls. They were eight and nine years old, and We started it in the State University of the Philippines where my wife and I had our education. Mine for music, hers for education. And there are so many atheists in that place. But what they did with church is that we opened it every day. I told my dad, I said, dad, I'm gonna start a church that's gonna be open every single day. And my dad said, what do you mean? I said, well, just like the book of Acts chapter two when they have church every day, okay. And uh, he he said, how are you going to do that? I said, I don't know yet, but we've been praying for that for years now. So when the day came in 2008, when we started that church, we rented a small apartment by the roadside in the the main street, the university. And what we did, was at 6 o'clock in the morning, we served free coffee outside. Who would not want free? So we've got a small tent outside. I would stand out there at 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, people who jog, who walk by, would smell the brewing coffee and... And they would ask him, is it free? There's a big sign that says free. Of course it's free. And what's good with coffee, unlike water, you cannot drink it straight up because it's hot. So they're going to get their, their cup, and they're going to sit with me, and we do Bible study every single day. And we don't, we don't put a lid on the coffee cup so they stay. And you can't bring your own cup. You just use the holy cups, as they said. Holy cups that we have. So they stay there for 6 to 8 o'clock in the morning, and we share the gospel with them. I met so many men every single day. And at 8 o'clock, we have a small room for the students to use for free internet. In the Philippines, they don't have computers or internets. So they come there for free internet. We have seven computers then, and many of them died died down. The computers did, and then we had to buy some more computers. Now we need some more computers for the students because there are three public schools around us of 2,000 students each. We have a long line of students outside waiting for their turn. While they are waiting for the turn, we share to them the gospel. we made a Sunday school every day with them. Mondays, we memorize scriptures. Tuesdays, Bible drill game. Wednesdays, Bible quiz. Thursdays, Bible story. Fridays, book by book. And Saturdays, we study the statement of faith. Every single day. And so, when they go home, they share the gospel to their parents. Their parents are very mad coming to us and say, you've been converting my kid. I said no ma'am that's not our job our job is to share the gospel the job of conversion is with the Holy Spirit and I shared the gospel with them and at the end of our conversation they too get converted and we praise God that every single night after they all go home the students do we set up chairs outside by the roadside and we preach the gospel loud and clear that everybody we hear nobody of our neighbors complained because they've all been part of the church Even our town captain loves what we're doing because we pray for her every single night and all of her officers. And if you want to see what we're doing there, we are on YouTube. Go to YouTube and the the channel is Church 7 Days a Week. Church with a number 7, numerical number 7, days a week. We praise God that the Word of God is preached every single day. And looking back after 14 years, we were able to train 24 men to preach every single night so that I, could, I don't need to preach every night, just once a month. And these 24 men have been slowly but surely been called by God to pastor churches so that we plant churches. Church number two is planted. Church number three, church number four, church number in the boondocks, church number five in the island, church number six, church number seven, number eight, as soon as we go back in September, we will be starting church number nine. And all these national Pastors who became pastors trained after me, just preaching every night. And my dad says, Where do you, where do you get that, that basis from? And I always go to the book of Acts, chapter 2, which I'd like to invite all of you to the book of Acts, chapter 2, just for, for a few minutes. Acts chapter 2, remember that time when they had this, this great big revival in Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit came down in verse 1, the day of Pentecost, after 50 days that Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, they were up in the upper room meeting. Go back a bit in chapter 1. It was at that time when Jesus Christ resurrected that the the gospel of of the book of Acts was was written by Luke. And he was writing this saying in the early verses in verse 3 and 4, I think, It was for 40 days, Jesus Christ was with them in His resurrected body to continue to tell them to prepare because He's going to leave them very soon and go up to the Father. You see, even early on in their ministry, in the first year of their ministry, Jesus Christ has been telling His disciples in John chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16 that He's going to leave them. In fact, He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but i will send you the holy spirit to become your comforter and he said greater things will you do because i go to the father all these things just uh, are confusing sometimes to the disciples probably i would too because in acts chapter chapter 1 verse 6 i'm sorry verse yeah verse 6 they asked jesus christ if he would restore the kingdom to israel at that time what they were asking jesus is this jesus Won't you leave us anymore? Please stay here. And I can't blame the the 11 uh, apostles during this time. Because if I were one of the 11, I would also ask Jesus to stay. Because they were spoiled. When they need a miracle, they call on Jesus. And Jesus performs a miracle. Healing the blind, raising the dead, calms the, the, the stormy sea. They've got Jesus on their side. No problem. But then Jesus was about to leave them. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, they said, Lord, won't you leave us? Stay here. That's what they were asking. And in verse 7, Jesus Christ clearly says, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Verse 8, that popular verse comes up, But you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea, and in Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world. When he was speaking, according to verse 9, he was taken up in the cloud. He, was, he flew up in the air. You know, even before Superman came, it was Jesus. But Jesus did not have a harness. Jesus had no camera tricks. He was actually flying up to heaven, literally. If you were there, you'd be like surprised. At, what is happening here? But they were all shocked and looking up in heaven. And in verse 9, two men in white apparel, apparently angels said, you men of Galilee, you don't stand up here gazing on Jesus. The same Jesus who you saw go up will be the same one coming down. You go to Jerusalem. And they went. In that's chapter 2 where we will be going to our text. When they were, the day of Pentecost was fully coming, verse 1, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the, the, the tongues that they actually spoke are actually understandable tongues. Yeah. These are languages. How do you know it was? Well, in Acts chapter 2, verses 9, 10, and 11, you count there were about 13 countries represented right there. Remember, they were in Jerusalem. This will be like a main city, probably you think of Columbus, Ohio, a main city. How many nationalities would be represented right there? So they were all there, and the apostles in the upper room, they came down with all boldness and preached the gospel in the languages of the people where they came from. And they said to themselves, how can we understand them in the, the language where we were born from? Can you imagine that? If you, you, you put it right here in Lima, probably about 100 plus of us here. And then we began to speak in, in Chinese, in German, in Spanish, in Filipino. Can you imagine that? How people outside would think? But that is said for them to understand clearly the message of the gospel. They mocked them and said in verse 11, aren't they Galileans? They're fishermen, they're unlearned, they're uneducated. Why, can they know our, why do they know our language? And they mocked them the more, and they said, Ah, they must be drunk. That's when when Peter stood up. In Acts chapter 2, verse 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and said to them, You men of Judea, and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken, as you suppose. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It's noon time. It's high noon. They're not drunk. And he began to preach the prophet Joel, and David... And then in verse 36, it says in Acts chapter 2, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made both the same Jesus, that you have, been, you have crucified both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Ben and brethren, what shall we do? They were all convicted of what they did to Jesus. And they're all committed with the Holy Spirit, and they said, what do we do? Verse 38, Peter answered and said to them, repent and be Baptist. Every one of you, wait a minute. Be baptized, not Baptist. Sorry, I thought I had heard Baptist. That, that's the Baptist in me coming out. Repent and be baptized, not to be Baptist. You see, my dad always says that there will be Baptists even in hell if they held on to the denomination. Because it's not Baptists who save, it's Jesus Christ alone. When Peter said this, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God, shall call. Praise God, about 3,000 of them were saved and baptized according to verse 41. Verse 41. And they never left each other. They continued steadfastly four things. With the apostles' doctrine, breaking of bread, prayers, and fellowship. Every single day. And it was not enough. In verses 44 and 45, they decided to sell all that they had to give to all those who are in need. Can you imagine that revival happening? When you have to sell your real estate, your properties, everything that you owned, and give to all those who are in need. And guess what? Did they starve? Did they need anything no they're all they were all joyful they were all filled they were all happy they were all enjoy what was happening even if they didn't own anything anymore because at the end of the day like my grandfather's prayer all we need is God America has been blessed by the Lord immensely in spite of what has happened in the in this country for in the past years You know, we have also been frustrated with what's happening here in the United States. But we praise God that because of people like you, pastors like Pastor Terry, churches like Lima Missionary Baptist in Athens and even Lakeside, churches who are faithful to the Word of God, that's the reason why we are standing in the cap. That's the reason why God is not destroying the United States because you're still there supporting, praying, giving sacrificially to missions, not only local, but really worldwide. You have given us our independence. You have given us our English language. You've given us the gospel. And now it's time for us to also take the gospel to the islands of the Philippines and elsewhere to share it to wherever we are. As many as the Lord our God shall call. And we praise God that at the end of this chapter in verses 46 and 47, it says, They continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily. Such as should be saved. Now, this this was not Jerusalem Baptist Church. They actually did not have like a building. So we have to understand the concept of church in the first century here. The concept of church is not like the temple they had in Israel. The concept of church is not like the tabernacle, the tents that they had in the wilderness. But the purpose of it all is to worship God. In Exodus chapter 3, you go back in the Old Testament when God called Moses to let his people go. What was the reason? Verse 15 of Exodus chapter 3, that they may worship me, God says, in the wilderness. And they did for 40 years in tabernacles and tents. They sacrificed to the Lord. Once they got to the promised land, they, uh, they wanted to build a temple. The first king, Saul, second king, David wanted to build a temple to God for God. But God says, no, you're not going to build me a temple. If your son will. Solomon did build him a temple. And they brought the Ark of the Covenant there, which depicts the the presence of God. And they worshipped in the temple. And they held synagogues for teaching places, for reading the word of God. But when Jesus Christ came, in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus Christ says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He is not pertaining to any local church. He is pertaining to the body of Christ. He's pertaining to the universal church, which you and I and all the rest of the world, if you're a born-again believer, child of God, you're part of this eternal church. So praise God for church buildings like this. But I'm gonna want, I wanted you to, to think of the more important part of this building is the body of Christ. You and me. And you may be saying, Brother Tika, we can't do that in Lima. Missionary Baptist Church to serve free coffee. Who would care for free coffee? They all have their, their own coffee machines uh, in their homes. Who would care for internet? They all have their internet in their homes. Who would care for services outside by the roadside? They'll call 911 on you. But see, the emphasis there really, we can do it in the Philippines, but we can still be church seven days a week if we understand what church means. I've created a simple acronym of church, the word C-H-U-R-C-H. The word C stands for Christ-centered. The word H stands for home-focused. The word U stands for unique. R, relational. C, community. H, with a heart. Christ-centered. And that's what Peter preached about. What does being Christ-centered means? It means that church continues after church. Does that make sense? You know, we are right now having church, but only one is speaking. And about 100 of us are listening and all those watching on Facebook Live. But then when Pastor comes up and and brings the, the, the final prayer, he will be sending each one of us to become churches wherever we are in your businesses, in your household, in your social media life, in your schools, in your neighborhood, anywhere we are. So which is more effective? More effectively will be you and I bringing church wherever we are. The Apostle Paul reminds the Christians in Corinth when he said in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, what? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the holy ghost which is in you and you have been bought with a price therefore glorify god in your body which is not your own it's god's praise god for churches like this and i've heard so much about the the preaching of of, of pastor terry of the people there in athens missionary baptist church and i wish i could preach like him still strong and energetic but you know what's better after we hear his preaching We are equipped with the Word of God, and you preach your message wherever God takes you. That's being Christ-centered. Let our is home focused and that's what Peter said. The promise of salvation, verse 39, is, is unto you and to your children. We've been hearing about here in the United States, especially in the Philippines now, we are catching up to it, that kids grow up in church. When they finish high school, they leave church. It's very sad that that's happening. It's interesting that our kids today know a lot more than what we know. You know why? Because of the cell phone. They don't need to go to libraries and research. They just go need here. And they, they, get the, they got the world right here. I was 20, I, I, our daughter, Debbie, was 21 years old last year, April. When she asked me this question, Dad, why are we Baptist? And I answered her this way, Debbie, it's interesting that you asked me that question. I asked the same question to your grandfather, my father, when I was your age, 21. I asked that to my dad. I just graduated the seminary, and I asked that to my dad. I said, Dad, why are we Baptist? And you know what my dad answered? He said, son, it's too late. You're already graduated from seminary. But then he said, if there is one faith practice, philosophy, theology, closest to the truth. It's not perfect. It's closest. It's Baptist. And I answered the same way to my daughter. I said, Debbie, I'll tell you the same answer. If there is one faith, principle, theology, practice, closest to the truth that Jesus Christ preached, it'll be Baptist. I said, you asked me that question because you've already made your research. You're following someone on YouTube, Twitter, reading some from Twitter, Instagram. But I'll tell you this, that person, whoever, whoever you're following, I, I told her, will not be willing to die for all your sins, will not be willing to love you unconditionally, and will not be willing to take you to heaven to spend eternity with God, only Jesus. Same, same answer I'll, I'll tell those who are watching on Facebook Live. You go to the world. You search the whole wild world, world or, but you will be just like before. You'll never find true satisfaction until you've found the Lord. For only Jesus can satisfy your soul. But we are home focused. If there's a group of people that I wanted to see in heaven with me, will be our girls, Debbie and Denise. They came here to the United States a few months ago because Debbie wanted to work here. She graduated two years ago in the Philippines and she can't find a job. So once we got in here the following day last year, the following day, she got a job in a small restaurant. She still loves it there in Richmond, Indiana. And our daughter Denise is 21. She's third year junior in college in the Philippines online. She's been online for two years because of the pandemic. She asked her mom if she could transfer to a university here. Christine said two conditions. One, they will, uh, they will accept you as a junior transferee. Number two, if you if can afford it. Well, praise God, she applied at Liberty University in Virginia, and she was accepted as a junior transferee. She just finished her spring semester in April. She's now in summer. She's taking five subjects because she wanted to be senior next month. So what will that leave us? In September 22 will be the saddest day of our lives. We'll be leaving them here. But I know what the Bible says, straight up a child the way he should, she should go. When he's old, when she's old, she will not depart from it. There's a pastor in Delaware that told me this. He said, Rayuel, well, stretch out your hand like this. And I did. I said, see, that's how far you can reach your children. From here on, after that, it'll be the Lord's. We've got to trust our future, their future, to God who knows best because He is all we need. Be home-focused and be unique. Why are we unique as church? Because we are the only people who Jesus Christ lived for, died for, was buried for, raised for, is coming back to take. We have to be relational, as uh, the, the acronym says, because God is a relational God. We all need to be also relational. And when God destroyed the world with flood, uh, with Noah and his family, guess what He said in Genesis chapter nine? He said, "Noah, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth." In, in short, He was saying, "Do it all over again." If I were God, I'd say, "Noah, I just want to deal with you eight, no more." But God is a relational God. He loves relationships. Let us see if the word "church" as community, and this is what I'm a missionary of about. We're a community because we have something in common, Jesus Christ. We commune with each other in our needs. That's why we have prayer requests and stuff. We we are our our communion is with one another, and we communicate that to God. That's why we form a community. And finally, with the heart. Nothing of being Christ-centered, home-focused, unique, relational community would mean anything without doing it from the heart. Let me challenge you tonight, brothers and sisters. It was not an accident that God brought us here, that Pastor Terry entrusted this pulpit to us. But God called us here to tell you something, that you may not be able to do what we're doing in the Philippines, having church every single day outside by the roadside, but you can bring church to where you are. And God has brought you to become that missionary wherever you are, so that you can bring the light of that lighthouse to wherever you are you are we have the only hope that the world needs pray for us church number one in the state university of the philippines that property is being offered to us for sale now pastor after seven years of using that the owner said told me last year so it's the seventh year next year you can buy the property see what happened there was seven years before that when we started we started a small apartment after seven years in 2012 the owner decided to destroy that apartment to build a three-story building that's when this lady came to me right next door and said I'm gonna build a church for you I don't know her we're not acquainted and I said that's a good idea what's the deal well she says nothing you decide the, the building and I'll build you that church so that you can be here present not on the second floor of that three-story building and she said after seven years Buy the property. I said, wow, this is too good to be true. In November 2015, we held a celebration to dedicate the building. And she asked to, tell, to say something in the pulpit. I was afraid because I knew she was an atheist. You may say, wow, an atheist. You know, God can use anyone, amen? And in her words, she said these, these words. She said, it's hard to believe what you believe. But it's hard to ignore what I see you do every single day. You're changing this community for the better. Pray for her. You know, when she gets saved, she might give us the property for free. And that's how we bapt this thing, don't we? You know, last year, I asked her, I said, so how much is the property? It's a 4,000 square foot of property with a church building that was built for us. And she said, $282,000 for a 4,000 square foot of property. I almost backed out her bargain, but I remember she's an atheist. So I said, wait a minute. God can do this. Psalm 50 verse 12 says, God owns a cattle of a thousand hills. He even owns the hills. So this is not impossible. What is possible also is that, that her soul would be saved. Mark eight thirty six says, What shall it profit a man? Even if he gains the whole world, loses his own soul. So I said in my words, by faith, when we return to the Philippines, we're going to give you the money. And she replied, oh, it's going to take a miracle. I said, now you believe in miracles. You know, she's like this close to the word of God, to the gospel. She hears the gospel preached every single night because her room is right there outside by the roadside. Where you were neighbors. She hears the word preached every night. Pray for her. Her name is Marissa. When she gets saved, we want her to give her the money. Because we want her to believe in the God who's able to supply all her needs. We don't have the money yet, but we know God does. It's His church, not ours. Pray for protection as we travel, continue to travel. We'll still be traveling to Canada, Pennsylvania, Houston, Texas, California, uh, Kentucky, uh, back in Indiana before we fly out to the Philippines in September. Provision of good health for for us and our daughters and partners who would see the opportunity in the Philippines and pray with us for the salvation of our landlord and at the same time for God to give us the money so that she will really believe that there is God. Because at the end of the day, God is all we need. Let's pray. Father, we thank you just for the opportunity to be here. This morning when we woke up, we never thought that we would be here tonight But you do. You're the God who knows everything, who is with us, who can do anything according to your will, and who never changes. So we ask you, Lord God, that you would grow the seed of your word in each and every one of our hearts. And I pray, God, that we will all respond to your leading Holy Spirit. We pray these for thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.
0: I appreciate Brother Ray I appreciate him and Sister Christine being with us. And I appreciate him sharing their family history. I thought it was very interesting. appreciate him sharing the scriptures with us and uh, the thoughts about the church. And uh, he lined up the doctrine of the tongues just right. And I appreciated that. So it's good to be here. and glad to get acquainted with these folks. And I uh, wonder if anybody's got anything else on your heart before we come to a close. We need to keep these folks in our prayers. Uh, I believe that uh, uh, these folks are involved in a, a great big work that's going on, and we need to, we need to pray for them and uh, we need to keep uh, also we've mentioned him before but uh, brother Leonardo uh, Molliari and uh, the same kind of work uh, we need to keep uh, praying for those folks and uh, again it's good to have everybody here tonight we appreciate everybody being with us and uh, Anything else before we come to a close? All right. If not, we'll ask everybody seated to stand. We'll ask uh, brother Mike Nichols to pray a benediction. Ben-
1: ben-